to Hey YA. From great new books to favorite classic reads, from news stories to the latest in on-screen adaptations, Hey YA is here to elevate the exciting world of young adult lit. Hey YA is a book rant podcast hosted by Erica Azafetti and me, Tears of Price. We are recording on September 9th. Hello, Erica. Hey, hey, how are you? I am excited for fall vibes. Oh my gosh, yes, me too. Ugh, I love fall. Me too. It's my favorite season of the year. And so when you suggested that we do an episode all about fall vibes, I Mm. was all over it. Yes, yes, yes. It's so fun. I don't know what, what is it? What is it that you like about fall? What do I like about fall? Mm. I love everything about fall. (laughs) Um, No, I mean, around these parts. Yes. I am like such a, um, I mean, I love like the the cooler weather first of mm, all i love mm-hmm. the leaves i love everything to do with just um i don't know like cozy sweaters i love pumpkins i it's so funny i do enjoy halloween but i am yeah. not like the major halloween obsessive yeah. oh my gosh love it t- type of person that i know a lot of people are because like a lot of people love fall because of halloween yeah i do enjoy halloween but i just also really enjoy just like a good crisp day with mm. a sweater and a pumpkin spice latte and a cozy book and i like it when there are thunderstorms and fall so i don't know i'm just yes. gonna keep rambling about all the things i love about fall <laughs> <laughs> yes that's so true i think i feel like Fall has become synonymous with like spooky season slash Halloween, um, but yeah. I'm also I'm like you. I'm also like I love the spookiness, but I also like the just fall stuff apart from the Halloween stuff. But I also like when they're combined a little bit. I'm not yeah. like super duper duper into Halloween like decorations and stuff like that. Like they're cute, but I like I like kind of like a blend. That makes yeah. sense. Like Halloween light, but mostly fall and pumpkin spice and um, cozy boots and pretty leaves. It's so nice. Yes. Pretty leaves, all the colors, mm. yes. pumpkins, mums. I'm mm. going to buy like some pumpkins and some mums for our porch and I'm excited about that. What <laughs> and, are you know, mums? They're like the very hardy flowers. They tend to be like, they kind of have like a very sort of spiny stem with like lots of the little leaves but then they have like yellow and orange and pink blossoms they're really pretty you see them around like grocery stores in the fall okay that makes sense because i was like wait what okay that makes sense it made a nice visual i appreciate that (laughs) i'm in the midwest so it's like prime and mum season here like everybody's buying them and putting them out on their porch and i'm like i want mums for my porch at first i was like oh that's nice she's talking about her mom and then you were like mom like wait a second (laughs) (laughs) that sounds cute though yeah it's it's fun and i like too that we because i know that we can probably do an episode on like all things spooky Mm. but i also like that we're gonna do an episode on things that are like Spooky light slash mm-hmm. the spirit of the season without being like, here are some horror books. Because I, yeah. I do enjoy reading horror, but I know that's not everybody's bag. Yeah. And we want to give you some options for if you want like those fall vibes without being like, you know, scaring your socks off. So Yeah, that's more my speed typically, although I have been branching out into more like 
horrible thing like horror horrible horrible things <laughs> more like hardcore horror is what i meant to say but yeah i feel like different things well we're gonna share what is like you know gives fall vibes for each of us individually but i feel like one of the things that like i like to watch or engage in or whatever during the fall season that gives strong fall vibes i feel like i like um i like mysteries especially set in like yes london like cozy like british mysteries bonus points if they're victorian for Mm -hmm. some reason that just works for me for fall totally and so it's perfect that enola holmes uh two is coming out i was excited to see that yes super excited it is coming out on actually is it netflix netflix had the first one yeah, Netflix. It's coming out on Netflix. It has Millie Bobby Brown as Enola, of course. Henry Cavill. Okay. So it seems like it's... I feel like the first one was fun. I greatly enjoyed it. Now Enola is a detective for hire. Uh, she has her first case to find a missing girl. I mean, you know, I feel like it's, I feel like it's just going to be good. Yeah, and... For those of you at home who are like, um, Enola Holmes was a middle grade novel, I want you to know that there are now two new Enola Holmes books that are YA. Mm. So she's a little bit older. A little older. And um, Enola Holmes and the Black Baroche came out last year, I believe. But then Enola Holmes and the Elegant Escapade um, comes out, or it is out. I think it's out by now. Yeah, it came out on September 6th. So it came out this week. So last week by the time you're hearing this. Um, so if you love Enola and you want more of that, um, you can go pick up the YA books. Yeah, I'm super excited. Oh, I didn't say the date. That's what I meant to say. It's coming out. The second movie is coming out November 4th. Oh, awesome. Yes. Okay. We'll include a link for that. Great fun. Yes. I'm so excited. So we will continue on with our fabulous fall vibes right after we hear from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Unchipped, the most epic dystopian science fiction adventure series that you've probably never heard of. And bonus points because it's Finnish. And when's the last time you read a Finnish dystopian science fiction novel? Right. Okay. So in this one, humanity is destroying itself as a city's burn, which sounds kind of familiar. It is the time of the great affliction. In this terrible world, a new hope arises. The happiness program, which is the creation of a Finnish pharmaceutical genius, Dr. Laura Solomon. With happiness, pills, mind mapping, and microchips, Dr. Solomon intends to build a new world for the worthy few, which sounds like a perfect plan and nothing could go wrong, right? Right. So this is a raw but fun dystopian sci-fi adventure with an unusual premise describing what happens when technology rules humanity. Either you're chipped living inside the AR society or you're left outside to barely survive. Make sure to check out Unchipped by Taya DeVere. And thanks again to Unchipped, the most epic dystopian science fiction adventure series that you probably never heard of for sponsoring this episode. This episode is sponsored by The One That Got Away With Murder by Trish Lundy. Robbie and Trevor Cressmont have enough wealth to ensure they'll never be found guilty of any wrongdoing, even if everyone believes they're behind the deaths of their ex-girlfriends. 
Let us all take a collective angry sigh at that. Lauren O'Brien, the new girl at school, has a dark past of her own, and she's desperate for a fresh start. Except when she starts a relationship with Robbie, her chance is put in jeopardy. During what's meant to be their last weekend together, Lauren stumbles across evidence that might just implicate Robbie. And after a third death rocks the town, she must decide whether to end things with Robbie or risk becoming another cautionary tale. This is an edge-of-your-seat YA thriller that's perfect for fans of Karen McManus and Holly Jackson. Make sure you pick that up now wherever books are sold. And thank you once again to The One That Got Away With Murder by Trish Lundy for sponsoring today's show. Okay, so you're telling me what you like about fall. So as far as books go, what can a book do to give you fall vibes? Is it like taking place in the autumn or is it like a general feeling? Like what gives you, what can a book do to make you feel like, ah, oh, mm, fall? <laughs> I feel like, yes, taking place in autumn, obviously, mm. especially yeah. I'm always the type of reader that appreciates a good, strong sense of place. Mm. Um, so if your book could really evoke like setting, especially if it's a fall setting. It doesn't necessarily have to be a fall setting because one of the books I picked actually it takes place in spring, but I feel like it's perfect for this time of year. That does a lot for me. I like to get cozy in the fall. So if yes. you kind of have like this chilly set setting where it's, you know, the landscape is maybe a little bit beautiful but dreary or you know like i'm like okay yeah let me get under my blanket and let me let me just dig into this um i do enjoy books that like really lean into the fall aesthetic and i feel like rainbow rowell does that really well Mm -hmm. um as a as an author like not in all of her books but she does it in fangirl she does it in pumpkin heads which i'm going to talk about here in a second and she also does it in her adult book attachments um which there's like a very famous sort of ode to fall that i think it's circulated around in october um that comes from that book and it's an adult book but rainbow brow is a ya author too so that's why i thought i'd mention it but i also really like things that are like lightly spooky or creepy yes and this is because for years i was terrified of oh i didn't yeah i'm not like i used to not be a huge like horror movie watcher like i have this memory of being in high school which is of course like the prime time for everybody to like cut their teeth on classic horror and like watching i don't know one of the freddy movies i think Mm -hmm. um while like at a halloween party and just being like, I cannot do this. This is so stressful. This is not fun because I'm so stressed yeah. out. Yeah. And so I stayed away from horror for years after that. And then I happened to marry somebody who loves horror. Like, so, so much. <laughs> Perfect. And I Perfect. was like, ah, this is going to be a problem. Um, and it actually hasn't, it's turned out to not be such a problem because yeah. there's a lot of give and take. But then there's also, like, moments where, like, like, my partner will show me a, a trailer and I will be like, I can maybe handle that or like, oh, that's a hard no for me. And yeah. so then, you know, they watch their own stuff. We watch some stuff together. I have learned to figure out what types of horror movies I can, like, enjoy and like since, you know, getting together with them. But that that experience has made me kind of get curious about horror novels. And then I realized, yes. that, like, oh, I can I can handle horror novels. If because I don't know, reading is a different format, different medium. It definitely is. Yeah, I definitely can handle horror novels more than movies. 
Yes. Yeah. So, but for years I couldn't. So, and I was too afraid to try horror novels. So really what I did was I, I read things that were like sort of witchy or lightly mm-hmm. spooky or like had like this eerie setting or like an eerie premise. And and that's what I really like to lean into. Like for a few years on the site, I, I would do a post in October that was like, you know, Halloween or seasonal reads for people who can't read horror. And that was... <laughs> That was, like, my thing. So, um, yeah. So, I – like, all of the above, I, I – it's so great because in October, I always, like, make this big stack of books that I feel like have the perfect October vibes that yes. I want to read. And then I never get through them all, but I have high aspirations every year. <laughs> I believe in you, friend. I believe you, you can do it this year. Yes. Thank you. I haven't made my stack yet, but I will. Oh, okay. Stack is – stack is – stack is incoming. Yes. I have, I have a similar thing. So, it's funny that – we kind of have more or less the same taste as far as, you know, fall vibes are concerned. Yeah. I definitely like things that make me want to bundle up under a little blanket with like a cup of tea or something. And also like kind of slightly like witchy things, but like that are kind of more lighthearted. Yeah. Like not super, not necessarily super dark. Although one of the books I have is a little dark. (laughs) But not like super horror and gruesome, like just witchy. I don't know what what is it about. I maybe just in the like the Western conception of witches is it just lends itself so well to fall. I don't know why. For sure, for sure. Yeah, but it really does. So that and also the setting. Like if it takes place in fall, obviously it's going to give off some fall vibes. But also, like I feel like fall, as I said before, it can be cozy and also sometimes it kind of has like a dreamy quality to it. I feel a little bit like if so, if a book has kind of, even if it doesn't take place in fall, but if it has like, especially for graphic novels, if it has like that color palette, yes, um, that is like very fall friendly, or if it kind of makes me feel like cozy and dreamy, that gives me fall vibes. So I feel like a couple of the things I've chosen have that going on. So yes, I'm excited to talk about it talk and see what you have as well to add to my little fall. I also usually have like a fall stack that is like September, October. And for some reason, like at the end of October, I'm like, it's too late. I failed. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I'll have to wait another year. Ah." Or, you know, I'll read it in November, but still I feel like, like, oh, I didn't get through all of them that I wanted to. Oh yeah, totally. And there have been a couple like, so Fall, I feel like, is such a big deal in my house, and and Halloween especially, because my partner loves it so much. Mm -hmm. And we have a lot of, like, rituals and traditions, even though we've not been together, like, you know, we've not been together that long, but we, it's, like, reaching, like, levels of, like, very very ritualistic just like no we have to do this every year and we have to plan this out and i love it but at the same time it does make october feel like really really busy because you're like oh like we're looking at our calendar and we're like when are we going to get in our over the garden wall rewatch and we have like this whole thing where we make it like there's a menu and everything and i love it but sometimes that means that the the season is very busy for us and then i don't get all the books i want to read and i'm always like i didn't get to read these three books i didn't get to read them yeah but that sounds really cute. I love fall fall traditions. That's that sounds nice. Yes. Have you ever seen Over the Garden Wall? Not to go too far afield. No. What is that? Okay, it's this really really charming animated little series and it's just like 10 episodes and each episode is only like 20 minutes long and it's about these two brothers 
who get lost on Halloween night and they like encounter all sorts of magical misadventure. And I love it already. So charming. And it's so weird, but in a little Mm. delightful way. And based off of watching this, um, I have developed a menu. So like we try to we usually watch it like we start it in the afternoon and go into the evening and we break halfway for our special meal. (laughs) Oh, my God. That sounds so cute. I might be doing a a singles edition that sounds that kind of sounds i've never heard of you said over the garden wall yes but the description of it kind of sounds like kind of like a miyazaki movie kind of like a spirited away or kiki's delivery service kind of it does kind of have like it's you know stylistically it's very different but it kind of has like this similar i think inspiration and if you like the fact that like miyazaki has really quirky characters yes and then like you also drop them into like these really spectacular you know, like spectacular, weird sort of settings where they just are kind of rolling with it. And you don't know what the rules of this world are. You're just watching and learning as the characters do. Mm-hmm. Then you will like this. So. Oh, I'm already, I'm in there like swimwear. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All I right. like that you gave me a food, you incorporated food into it. Yes. So I listen. I'm going to be like, I'm going to message you like, oh, cheers. I just watched it. It's great. <laughs> I ate this and it was wonderful. I'm going to do it again next year. Yes. I love it. I thank you for. You're welcome. <laughs> I feel like all these people are going to be like, oh, over the over the garden wall. Be like, oh, I, I, oh, we do that too. Like, yes, we got it from yes. you. <laughs> people are like, I thought this was a book podcast, but here yeah. you are. You're getting some extras. Um, and just a little quick shout out. We always make scalloped potatoes and molasses cookies for reasons oh. that um, will become clear if you watch this. Potato and what cookies? Molasses. Molasses. Potatoes and molasses. Potatoes and molasses. That sounds like, oh my God. Okay, I'm excited. I want to watch this like right now. I'm so excited for you to get to the potatoes and molasses episode. So, anyhow. That's perfect. Okay, okay. What were we talking about? No, it's fine. All right. Um, Yes. Fucks. So, (laughs) fall vibes, fall traditions. I love it. I'm here for it. What's What's your first fall vibe book? Um, my first book has to be Pumpkin Heads by mm. Rainbow Rowell and Faith mm-hmm. Aaron Hicks, which is a graphic novel. Have you read it? I have not, but I've <gasps> seen it. And even the covers, it gets very much full. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you need to read this book. Yes. So it takes place on Halloween, but it's not really a Halloween book, which mm-hmm. I kind of love about it. So it's about these two best work friends, Deja and Josiah. And so they really are only friends at work. And so throughout their entire high school career, they have worked at, like, the Disneyland of Pumpkin Patches. I think it's set in Nebraska. It would make sense because that's where Rainbow Rowell's from. Mm-hmm. And so it's very Midwest. And it is the last night of the pumpkin patch season of their senior year. So they are never coming back to this moment. And, you know, Josiah's kind of straight laced. He's like, we got to go to work. We got to do our job. And Deja's like, Mm-mm, this is our last night. We got to go out with a bang. I want to eat all the snacks. Also, you have got to tell this girl that you like that you really like her. Mm -hmm. And so they go on this madcap adventure throughout the pumpkin patch for Josiah to profess his love to this girl. And Deja's like his wing woman. And they are having all these misadventures. And there's like a loose goat. And there are obnoxious kids. There are so many fun, (laughs) you know, fall snacks. 
And it's a story about friendship and also realizing that, like, you know, friendship is important and it doesn't have to be confined to this one time of the year or this one place. And this type, this book, like, I finished it and I kind of closed it and I was, like, almost mad because I was like, this is the type of book that I want to write. Like, mm. I loved it so much. And I was like, how did she do it? Like, and Faith Erin <laughs> Hicks has just beautiful illustrations. They're so fun and lively and they really have, like, a good fall color palette without being too, like kitschy about like two on the yeah so i highly recommend it i think it's fantastic <laughs> i think that sounds awesome and i like to i don't know if it's just because i've been paying it more attention to it lately or if because there are more books that focus on this but i like when books focus on friendship and it's not and there's no romance between the friends like friendship is important so <laughs> you know what i mean Spoiler alert, this might not be the best book for you in that case. (laughs) And never mind. Oh, but but it's kind of but like it's (laughs) I would say that it's a book where it ends on a note of possibility and it's not a romance. Okay. I figured because you said Deja. Deja was trying to get old boy to confess his feelings to another girl. So it was like Uh Uh Okay, I assumed I see So there's a twist. A little twisty twist. Still, <laughs> never mind. Er, forget but, what I said. But I totally know what you mean. Like, it's yeah. nice to see friendship. Yeah. I mean, the rest of this book sounds... And that kind of... That is kind of like that dreamy feeling. Like, even hearing you describe it, like, them going on this, like, Halloween adventure, getting into shenanigans. The aesthetic is there. Yeah. That's totally. definitely going. I'm definitely reading that. Absolutely. Oh, it's so fun. I love it so much. Reading it sooner rather than later, too. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I have one that is also... I feel feel like I have quite a few mm, graphic novels. And I wonder if that's because when talking about fall vibes, you start to... Well, at least for me, I think you kind of mentioned this, too. There's an aesthetic quality to it. There's a kind of a look that you kind of think of. And maybe, so maybe that's why I have a few graphic novels. I don't know. But the one, yeah. first one I want to talk about is Mooncakes by Suzanne Walker, illustrated by Wendy Shu. And it <sighs> is, yes, it's so cute. So Mooncakes opens with a big panel, like the second page or whatever is like a big panel full of autumn leaves. So just already the setting is super cozy. And then we're introduced to one of the main characters, Nova, who is a teen witch who wears hearing aids. She helps her grandmothers out by working in their bookshop, which sells and loans out spell books. Uh, there's this cute little goofy joke in the beginning about how a customer buys a super rare spell book from like the 19th century. And Nova is wondering like what she could possibly want with it. Probably nothing good. And one of her <laughs> grandmothers is like, well, if there's a horde of self-binding corsets, we'll know who's responsible. Which I just, <laughs> that just tickled me. I thought I would yes. share that with y'all. Yes. <laughs> It's such so, a funny book. It's, yeah, it's like a fun little, I'm like, that's a little, you know, begin, you know, entrance into the humor. Um, so anyway, Nova starts hearing of a disturbance in the woods, something about a big white wolf, and goes to check it out, thinking it may be a job for her and her grandmothers. Well, she gets there and she finds her old little childhood boo thing. Tam is there. Okay. She realizes Tam, who is a werewolf, is the white wolf everyone was seeing. She also realizes that Tam is fighting this like huge horse demon thing with like six legs. It looks real crazy and wild and scary. So once things settle a bit, 
Tam like fights it off. Nova takes Tam back to her house because Tam reveals that they've been in wolf form for like a whole month. And Nova is then like, well, geez, you just been out here in the woods roughing it. Why didn't you come to my house? You know, I mean, my grandmothers would have welcomed you, but Tam said they didn't want to like impose. So from that, you start to see early on, you start to get the feeling that Tam is kind of like lonely. Maybe he doesn't have a place to go, safe place to go. So once they get back to Nova's house, Tam explains how there's a lot of magical energy when werewolves transform and how there are these people that want to harness it from Tam because they want to use it to raise this like demon thing or whatever, right? So Nova and Tam try to figure out like the right spell to get rid of the demon. Also finding out who is trying to summon it. Um, this has a lot of great representation. You have Nova who wears hearing aids, as I mentioned before, and is queer. Tam is non-binary. Nova's two grandmothers are queer and Tam and Nova are both Chinese American. It deals with like some heavy stuff at times, like loss and characters need to find new family and found family. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times it's because the old family is raggedy. So there's that. But the great thing about that is once the found family is found, you know, you get warm feelings and it's great and sweet and everything like that. Um, as we were saying before, I love, love witchy things in the fall. And this is a family of queer witches, wolf magic, demons, and overall sweetness. So just chef's kiss, you know, in yes. conclusion. Again, it's Mooncakes by Suzanne Walker, illustrated by Wendy Shu. When I first read this, I checked it out from the library, which mm-hmm. is great. Love your library. Go support your library. Mm-hmm. But since then, they've come out with a collector's edition of this book. And <gasps> every year I'm like, is this the year that I'm going and not every year, because I think it's only been out like a year. But like every every other month, I'm like, <laughs> is every this month? Every month, you're like, is this the month? <laughs> is this the month that I finally just got it? Because I think I need to, and I think you've just yeah. convinced me. <laughs> I think you need to, and I think I need to as well. I didn't even realize there was a collector's edition, so I'm in that. Okay, yes. all these books are getting in the cart. Get in my <laughs> yes. cart. Hop right in. Let's go. It's pumpkin season. It's pumpkin. The pumpkin spice latte is warm. We have cookies. We have molasses and potato cookies. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh, all right. So my next pick, it's a little darker, but oh my gosh, I love it so much. And this was like, okay, full disclosure. I have not read this book since it came out in 2015. And every year it makes its way on my October stack. And like every year I fail to reread it. And I don't know why, because Mm. I love this book so much. I think my only explanation can be that I loved it so much when I read it that I'm afraid to reread it in case it doesn't live up. (gasps) Oh, that's so true. I've read every book that this author has published since and every time their book is amazing so i'm like i just need to go back to read this um so this is like in my mind the perfect eerie slightly spooky but not horror ya novel Mm -hmm. for this season it is the accident season by moira fowley doyle and it came out i think in like 2015 so it's been like a while since i've read it but i love it so much it is about this irish family the protagonist's name is Kara. And every single October, everybody in Kara's family goes through what they refer to as the accident season. Mm. 
basically everybody is really, really, really accident prone for the entire month of October. (laughs) And it starts out small. Like they might knock over a glass or stub their toe or fall down the stairs. But then as October goes on, the accidents get more and more severe. In Mm -hmm. some years, people die. Mm. So now it's October and Kara is 17 and she's really hoping that this year is just going to be a year of a few cuts and scrapes and not like, you know, the year when her dad died. But mm. this year is also going to be a bad one. And, and it's pretty obvious from early on. And so Kara and her best friend Bia are kind of, Bia kind of knows about this. Um, and then Kara has an ex-stepbrother named Sam, who also was part of the family for a short period. So he knows about this. And they are kind of like, okay, what is the deal? Like, why does this keep happening to this family? And so this is like the year that Kara sort of dives into what is going on and Mm. why does my family keep experiencing this? Um, I will just give a heads up because I know some people are like maybe a little bit squicked out by this, but like Mm -hmm. there is a love, like a love plot or a romance plot between Kara and Sam. They're not actually related. They were step siblings for a short period of time. Now they're no longer step siblings, but some people find that weird. Yeah. I mean, I just wanted to like, Throw that out there because unfortunately I've seen like some really negative reviews on this book being like incest and I'm like okay but not exactly <laughs> so Actually, friend. um yeah and yeah. but like honestly well okay that aside I think that this book is really really great at creating like an eerie atmosphere it's mm-hmm. got that false setting I also love a good Irish book um, yes. like an Irish set book yes. and I also just I. I freaking love this premise. Like, it's so, like, I don't even say it's like, oh my gosh, the most ingenious premise ever, but like, it gets me. I like, when I first heard about this book, I was like, an accident season every October must read. Yes. So, and it definitely lives up to the hype. That's, that sounds really good. I haven't heard of that. Yeah. That's going on the list. And we will get into my next book after we hear from our sponsor, real quick. Today's episode is brought to you by Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang. So this is an interesting love story. It's great for fans of Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow and High Fidelity. It's set in the mid-90s at NYU. And it follows young Wang, who has gotten the advice of love through Chinese numerology from his uncle. So he believes that he will have seven great loves in his life and then he meets Irena in 95 and she's like the best she's brilliant charismatic quick-witted funny they fall in love but the thing is she's number six so if he is to have seven great loves does that mean his time with Irena is going to come to an end so this is a love letter to western pop culture eastern traditions and being a first generation new yorker make sure to check it out and thanks again to flat iron books publisher of 888 love and the divine burden of numbers by abraham chang for sponsoring this episode Today's episode is brought to you by Tor Books. So if you are a fan of epic fantasy, if you're a fan of Scott Lynch and or Joe Abercrombie, but you want something a little different, you want a hero who's like 
a bit of a mess, then The Silver Blood Promise by James Logan is for you in its Academy dropout slash disgraced noble heir Lacan Cordova's life is in shambles. All he's got going for him is one, he is a card sharp of considerable skill and two, a lot of maybe potentially a little too much wine. So they're, you know, those are the positives. So when the bizarre murder of his father robs him of even the off chance of redemption, Lacan decides to make amends another way. He's going to unravel the mystery behind the killing, even if it takes him to the underbelly of Sophrona, a city of danger, secrets, and merchant princes. Finding the truth is one thing. Finding the truth and staying alive is like a whole other thing. So make sure to check out The Silver Blood Promise by James Logan on sale May 7th. And thanks again to Tor Books for sponsoring this episode. Okay, so the accident season sounds really good. Sounds like a curse. Now I'm wondering, like, hmm, what yeah, is it? yeah, what is it? You're gonna have to read it and find out. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you're like, oh yeah, I don't know. You have to read it. Um, I will say this to you, um, just in case, um, just in cases. Mm-hmm. I love Moira Fowley Doyle's books. She has three out, including this one, the Spellbook for Lost and Found, and mm. All the Bad Apples, and. This the accident season does not have queer characters, but her other two books are very queer. So, oh, cool. um, and they also have like very excellent atmospheric sort of settings. Spellbook of the Lost and Found is actually set in summer, but I believe all the bad apples is also set in fall. And oh, so, honestly, if you want to read something atmospheric and kind of mysterious and magical and maybe a little bit dangerous, all of oh. her books are excellent. So. Oh, okay. So that's like all of that's like all of my things that I like. Okay. Yes. So yeah. All right. She's going on the list. <laughs> so my next book is another graphic novel. Surprise, surprise. It is Spell on Wheels by Kate Leth. It's illustrated by Megan Levins and Marissa Louise. And in another surprise, this is also about witches. <laughs> <laughs> So the art style here is more what I would consider, and this is just me like trying my best to describe things. So this is not like an official like artistic description or whatever, but I would describe the art style as like classic American cartoon, if that makes sense. Like the colors are very crisp and bright and rich. And I like the design of the main characters. So it follows Claire, Andy, and Jolene, Three legacy witches in their 20s. One day, Claire's ex-boyfriend breaks into their house and steals a lot of their witchy things and then proceeds to sell them on this witch app. Rude. Exactly. Rude. How very dare you? How very dare? The pettiness of it all. So as you might imagine, there are some very valuable and potentially dangerous things among the items he stole, and they really need to get them back. So they go on this road trip along the East Coast to track down everything he took to find on like the people who he sold the things to on the app. So everyone has like their own personalities. And it's funny in the beginning, Joanne, who is a queer Vietnamese American tells the other two how she tracked down everyone who bought one of their stolen items from the thieving ex. And she made a map of it. And she then explains how they're, they'll basically be going on a road trip where they might have to fight demons, which I mean, (laughs) obviously sounds like a part, like, okay, you got three witches Road trip on the East Coast and demons. I mean, it sounds like it's giving Netflix series, right? It's giving Hulu. It's 
even if you want to get spicy, it's giving HBO Max, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So I just, it just sounds like a great old time that Erica will love. So I am super into it. And it's funny because one character, when she describes that, um, she's like, okay, I made this map. I mapped it out. I got this. We're going to go on a road trip. There might be some demons, you know? Uh, one character is like, oh, that sounds great. <laughs> and I'm like, that's me. And the other <laughs> character is like, that sounds terrible. So it's like, they all have their own little personalities or whatever. So as they travel across the East Coast, they meet all manner of people and creatures. They support each other. And there's even a little something in here for people who, I will say, people who like the Beast from Beauty and the Beast before his transformation, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Okay. So um, another great thing I like was how they have, like, different body types. And the girls serve looks, okay? They switch up their hair. They have cute outfits and stuff like that. It's a great light read. It's got some feminism in there. It's got queerness. The character, like I said, the characters are all different. It's fun. I have fun. I liked it. I think y'all will like it. It's very fun. Spell on Wheels. Check it out. I love this one so much. I read it a few years ago. And everything that you're saying, yes. Also, Mm -hmm. love a good revenge road trip. Okay. And that title, Spell on Wheels, brilliant. Just brilliant. Brilliant. I love a pun. I yeah. I love a good pun. I love it. But you're so right. Like this is so ripe for like a mini series. Yes, it would be so cute. Let's do it next I, year. I want well, it. Okay. <laughs> we're after we end this. We're writing the script. I feel like it wouldn't be hard to write. I don't know. I feel. Well, I say that as someone who's never written a script before. It wouldn't be hard. <laughs> like oh. Yeah, it's so hard about Let's it. Throw Let's it together for the weekend. Yeah. yeah, no, but I feel like I feel like I would watch. I would watch the heck out of it. I mean, me too. I watch. Speaking of like ritual watchings, actually, every time around this, every time around this time, every year around this time, I rewatch um, Good Omens. Oh, nice. <laughs> Which is very also very much like fall vibes. So. I could see it being like a little mini series like that on Amazon Prime or whatever. For sure. Exactly. Yes. All right. Um, I'm going to talk about my next pick because I'm really excited about this book. And I can't remember if I've like hyped it up on this um, with you before. I feel like I've been hyping it up all summer, but in multiple like areas and formats. Mm -hmm. My next pick is All Our Hidden Gifts by Caroline O'Donoghue. And... I love this book. Like, I picked it up earlier this summer, and then as I was, like, within 50 pages of the end, I was like, well, um, I never usually do this, but I'm ordering the second book from Amazon Prime because I need it here in my life, like, ASAP. I need it before I end this. I need I to have it ready to go. Yes. And I, normally I promise I buy from Indies and I buy from, you know, other um like bookshop but i was like i just i need it and so mm-hmm. all our hidden gifts is about a teenage girl um named Maeve she's irish she lives in this small city in ireland and she goes to a catholic girls school which feels very stereotypical for um you know irish set stories but she 
is not like a really great student and it's not that she has behavioral issues it's just like she tends to ask questions and not do great in school and so she tends to get detention more often than not and so she's serving detention like in the basement of her school and she's cleaning out this old closet and as she's cleaning out this old closet she finds a tarot deck and she's like oh Mm. this is kind of cool and so she just pockets it takes it home for later And when she goes home, she teaches herself through, like, YouTube how to basically read tarot and and give readings. And she, like, shocks herself by how good she is at it. And since she's not somebody who's good at school or good at a lot of things, she's, like, really proud of this. She's like, I am. This is nice. And so she starts giving readings to the girls at her school. She meets a new friend who is like, hey, we could set up a side hustle. Like, Mm -hmm. let's go. And so this friend, yeah, it's so funny. (laughs) This friend is like you know, taking appointments and charging people and Dave is giving the readings and it gets to the point where like, eventually you no longer have a market because you've served everybody. And so she's gotten to the point where she's given everybody their readings and she's getting maybe like a little bit tired of like just doing the same old stuff and people expecting her to, you know, tell them that they're going to meet a handsome boy tomorrow. And at the same time, she's dealing with the fact that, like, she kind of ditched a former friend. And this friend's name is Lily. And Lily is kind of like, you know, as an adult reader, you're like, oh, she's like one of those delightfully weird people that you definitely want to be friends with in adulthood. Yeah. But, like, as a teen, when you, all you care about is, like, image and people liking you, it can be really hard to be somebody. Like, it can be hard to to be a good friend to somebody like that, I think. Yeah. And Maeve definitely struggles with that. So Maeve actually ditched Lily. And, um, it, yeah, it's really, really not so good. Also, fun little disability rap because I hardly ever see this, but Lily also uses hearing aids. And mm-hmm. um, because she um, uses hearing aids, a lot of times she just, like, tunes out. Like, she tunes out people. She'll, like, turn them off and be like, I can't handle this. And so she is, like, not listening. And sometimes that annoys Maeve because she's like, oh, we should be paying attention to what the popular people say. And Lily's like, I don't care. I'm turning this off. And I so, love Lily. I know. Lily's... Lily's very prickly, but basically there's a scene in which everybody's like, wow, you've given everybody a reading but Lily. And Lily's like, I don't want one. And Maeve's Mm. like, well, I'll give you one anyway. And so as she's giving Lily this reading, a card that she's never seen before pops up through the deck. And the card is the housekeeper card. Mm. And she doesn't know what it means, but it looks sinister as heck. And so she gives Lily this reading and she's kind of like, I don't know what this means. This is awkward. Um, This is not a really good spread. Um, Never mind. Let's pretend this never happened. (laughs) And the next day, Lily disappears. Oh. So obviously Maeve is like racked with guilt because she's like, I don't know what happened, but like... That's that's how she disappeared. And then one witness comes forward to say that they saw Lily the night she disappeared being led away from her house by a woman that looks like the housekeeper card. So <gasps> I'm gagging. They gave me a chill. Yes. Oh, my God. They gave me a chill. Oh, my God. OK. Yeah. So now Maeve <laughs> has to, like, basically find out what happened to Lily. So this mm-hmm. is a really witchy book. Oh, my God. It's it's set in spring, but like it has like all of like the sort of cold weather, yeah. weird sort of vibes. There's also a love interest. It's Lily's um, sibling who is non-binary. Mm-hmm. And 
yeah, there's just like a lot of really fun elements going on. I really like this book too, because Maeve is definitely one of those characters where you're like, no, no, honey, you're making so many mistakes. But at the same time, I really root for her. Like, I really want her to win. So it's really atmospheric. It's really funny. It's really, it's got those spooky vibes. And there's a sequel called The Gifts That Bind Us that is excellent as well. And then there's a third and final book coming out, I think in February. So I love the series. You have mentioned this book before and I had added it to my TBR as a result, but this, how you described it just now, that like gave me chills. I'm like, I'm gonna have to read this like right, right now, like really quick, fast, real quick, fast, because yes. Oh my gosh. I also love the covers because the covers look like um, tarot cards. Yes. And I love that whole aesthetic too, tarot cards. Um, It's interesting because, well, this is like lightly related, but I know we both have the graphic novel squad on our list to talk about by Maggie Takuda Hall and Lisa Sterl. And um, Lisa Sterl has a tarot card deck that she illustrated and it's really nice. I have it actually. The artwork is gorgeous. I like it. I just started like getting into and learning about like tarot and stuff. So the deck is very nice. I really appreciate it. So Lisa's artwork is in Squad and Squad is another one I would describe as kind of like classic American cartoon, but it's a little edgier. It's a little edgy. I was gonna say, I was gonna say it's a little Barbie-fied, which is totally the opposite of what you're saying. Oh, just, interesting. When I look at it, I for some reason I think of Barbie. If that makes sense, it's Barbie like, with an edge, though. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I mean there are like I'm talking about like when they're not like oh, okay because there's like a yeah. monstrous element. I'm talking about more so like in the beginning, like the first, you know before oh, the yeah. reveal. Yeah. Well, I just feel like we should say there's nudity and there is, like, gore in this book. Oh, yes. Absolutely. I Like, is great. I I mean, not that I'm like, oh, yes, nudity and gore. But, like, (laughs) for this book, like, it really works. But (laughs) I just wanted to. That sounds so fun. Oh, yes. I can. I would never imagine tears. Oh, yes. Nudity and gore. (laughs) That just sounded funny. But, yes. um, More so, like, the when they're. Okay. So, let's start off. We'll start at the beginning. Yes. Becca is a new student at a high school in San Francisco and is surprisingly immediately adopted by these popular pretty girls into their clique. And so there's, you know, like at first there's this like high school setting and it's like these teen girls and that part, it just looks like, I don't know, kind of like retro Barbie or something. Definitely reminds me of the Archie comics. Yeah. But more sure. modern. I looking. see what you're saying. Yeah. Yes, that's what I mean. Yeah. Um, I really like it either way. I really like the art style. So I kind of want to like describe it without, I feel like, I feel like the, um, if you don't know what, what's going to happen going in, you'll be like gagging in a good way. Like once it's revealed, mm-hmm. I feel like the blurb, the official blurb kind of gives a little much away. Yeah. Basically these, these new girls, they've got a bit, pretty big secret and they mm-hmm. want to let Becca in on it. And uh, there's nudity and gore. <laughs> <laughs> if you hadn't heard. Yeah. So like, okay, she gets accepted into this click. Um, after all, so after all the clothes shopping and hanging out, she realizes that there is something sinister about her new friend group. Like you said, Tirza, there's a big secret. 
They have a certain hunger and they want her to join them. And what's interesting about this is how I think I, I like how the dark subject matter is like juxtaposed against the, you know, the earlier, like lighter art yeah. panels. That's cool. I thought that this was such an interesting and mm. important take on like Me Too. Yes. And violent, like how, how. How do we as women, and I'm generalizing here on behalf of women, sorry, um, but like how do we as women like respond to like sexual predation and like yeah. how, like, and what does it mean to take your power back? But yeah. also like what, what, what ways can you go too far? And that yeah. I feel like is the element that isn't often explored in a lot of like these revenge sort of thrillers and I mean maybe it's it's starting to be a little bit more but not so much in YA and so I thought that that was just a really interesting element and aspect in this book I, I remember reading it and being like I honestly don't know how this book is going to end and I was yeah. satisfied with the ending but I, I didn't know where it was going to go for the longest time yeah and that's a good thing yeah, yeah. definitely I mean at first I definitely am like oh yeah get him you know what I mean so mm-hmm. It is an interesting, it is an interesting um, premise. I mean, as far as like sexual predation goes for perpetrators, we're nowhere near what they were doing in the book. <laughs> Apart from the like any supernatural or whatever unexplained, you know, elements. Apart from that. It is an it is an interesting thing to consider, like how far, like how far is too far for revenge. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I would just in real life, I would just be happy with a jail sentence, but that's too much, <laughs> apparently, for some uh, people. I'm laughing, but it's not funny. <laughs> yeah, I'm laughing to stop from crying. But yes, but it's excellent. I highly yeah. recommend it. So good, love it. I saw that you had. Um, I haven't read this, but I just thought I'd mention it because I know that there are so many A Nightmare Before Christmas fans in the world mm-hmm. who, and like, it's like this this fun little debate, is A Nightmare Before Christmas a Halloween movie or a Christmas movie? Both. Um, both. It can be both. But there um, is a new book out called Long Live the Pumpkin Queen by Shay Earnshaw, and it's basically a YA spinoff about Sally. That's it's great. out now. So, Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, that's a fun thing to to read if you love A Nightmare Before Christmas and you want those fall vibes. <laughs> such a such a an iconic movie. I have one more actually. Oh yeah, go for it. Yes, it's called The Keeper of the Night by Kylie Lee Baker. So it's about Rin Scarborough, who is half British and half Japanese Reaper. So her oh. British side is called a Reaper, and the Japanese side is called a shinigami yes she's been collecting souls in london for hundreds of years all right as a mixed race reaper she has also been tormented and bullied and harassed by british reapers for being different looking differently you know racism Mm. and finally one day her shinigami powers go out of control because she has british reaper and shinigami powers and they you know exist in her at the same time so she loses control of her her shinigami powers and she has to leave london for japan there she's thinking she you know might find some acceptance and stuff like that but she gets there trying to make a new home for herself and she again finds that she doesn't quite fit in 
So when her and her only family, basically the only person that cares for her person, is person the right word? I'm not sure. <laughs> the only other, you know, living thing that cares for her is her half brother, Nevin. He went with her. So they go into the Japanese underworld mm. and she's given these like near impossible tasks, which are to kill these three spirits. And only then will she be accepted as a Shinigami. So she luckily has a little help from a very handsome Shinigami who's kind of like an outcast. He also has a disability. So this one is a little less cozy, <laughs> uh, but definitely leans more into the more creepy part of fall vibes that we were talking about that we like to indulge nice. in. Um, it also ha- opens in London in the late 1800s, which like I said before, like for me very much gives like, you know, the perfect fall vibe. Fallish. Yeah. Like obviously London experiences different seasons, but when I think of it as in American, <laughs> especially during that time and like I think of like Victorian mysteries and the, you know, Earl Grey tea latte, which might sound a little basic to some, I admit, but Mm. When I think of 18, late 1800s in London, that's where my mind goes. So anyway, I love this story is dark in a good way. It has lots of great elements of Japanese mythology woven in. I've seen someone compare it to Spirited Away, Ooh. Um, but like darker. Mm. Um, so add to that a morally gray character and I think you'll have a good time. Ah, It's a good time. I can't wait. I Yeah, I, this was not on my radar, but now it is. So thank you. Yeah, it, it, even just like the premise is so, is very unique and interesting. And there's a sequel out. Oh. It's either out or coming out soon. I don't quite remember if it's out yet, but that's also on the list. Awesome. Yes. Oh, so cool. Well, whew, that was that was a lot. That was a lot of fall vibes in one episode. Yes. But yes. I love it. So unfortunately, we can't keep talking about this. We could keep talking about this for a while, but for we are time. running out of time. Yes. <laughs> So thank you so much for tuning in this week. Please feel free to leave us feedback about the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and let us know how we're doing. Um, It also helps others find us. And we like friends. So please help your friends find us. Email us at heyya@bookriot.com if you want to give us feedback. Just let us know what you've been reading. Let us know if you've picked up some of our recommendations. We love that validation. And <laughs> don't real. forget to visit bookriot.com for newsletters, more podcasts, and all things bookish. Thank you to today's sponsors for making this show possible. And as always, thank you to our awesome audio editor, Jen Zink. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I hang out at at Tears of Price, and I will be posting my fall stack soon. Ooh, um, yes. Erica, how about you? <laughs> I am at Erica underscore easy E underscore on Twitter from time to time, and I will be anxiously awaiting your fall stack. Mm-hmm, thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, happy fall reading. I hope your pumpkin spice lattes are mm. perfect and to your liking, and we will talk to you again in two weeks. 